live on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. I'm Seth Thewald, that's Matt Babbage, and today, what are we doing today, Matt Babbage? Well, we're kicking off 2024 in in style. We have just had the regular season close for the 2023 NFL season, so everyone and their mother right now in the Dynasty Leagues is now moving on to the 2024 rookie draft. In Dynasty Leagues, we don't concern ourselves with the playoffs. Our year isn't over. We got a game plan for the year ahead. So we're going to drop Seth and I for the first time ever. We're putting together our dynasty cornerstone rankings. So for those who don't know what cornerstone rankings are, they're, they're simply dynasty rankings with, with some upcoming rookies baked in. So we're going to have our 2024 rookies alongside our, our current dynasty rankings pre-draft. We're going to have this all season. It'll be changing throughout the, throughout the process, but we're going to unveil our top 25 tonight. And if you caught the description or the show description, you know that we're going to be talking Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams. So spoiler alert, they may appear on one or both of our lists tonight. So Seth, I mean, this is a, this is a big moment for us. We're, we're rankings people now. That's right. We're, we're debuting our rankings live on the show. Uh, this would intimidate some people, but it's not. It, it, it's no big deal for us. It's, it's no big deal. So Without further ado, why don't we uh, hit the bumper and start the show? Sound good? Run it. All right. So let's see how this looks. Might need to enhance it a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Little, little, that looked better. Maybe a yeah. little bit more. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little bit more. So there we go. All right. That looks okay. Maybe we get rid of this uh, banner. Yeah, I was just maybe we get that. rid of the banner. So this is what we've done. So we've ranked these players, um, and we we've the, we have a composite score for them, which is the average of Matt and I's uh, ranking. So what I'm going to do throughout this is I'm going to slowly unveil um, these rankings. I mean, the top five is kind of boring, so we'll we'll, we'll start there uh, with the top five. Uh, it looks like Matt and I are pretty in lockstep with the top four. And uh, I don't know if there's really much to say here. The only difference is that you have Burrow at six and I have Burrow at five. Yep. I mean, I guess we could talk about like, I, I don't really have any concerns about Joe Burrow bouncing back from his injury, from his arm. Uh, what, what was it? A ligament in his arm. I think he's going to be just fine to start next season with Jamar Chase and we'll see what they do with T Higgins. But Joe Burrow, a locked and loaded top five quarterback for me um is any discussion here or should we move on to the next five matt yeah no we, i can hit the i can hit my number five quarterback when we or my number five player and spoiler alert it's quarterback when we get to him um but yeah i, I don't have jo concerns over joe burrow either it's just this this player is special got it so i'm gonna go ahead and reveal the next five this gets a little spicier and so i i have herbert at six you have Stroud at five. That's a pretty big difference. I have Stroud at twelve. That that's going to be. We'll have to mm. talk about that. Uh, then then the the wide receivers for me. I have Jefferson, Chase, and Ceedee Lamb. That's going to be a discussion throughout the process. I think they're back to back to back for me. I think yep. you can present a really good case for Jamar Chase being number one overall because of the quarterback uncertainty for Justin Jefferson. Although I don't know if there's really that much uncertainty there. I think it's going to be Kirk Cousins. And if it's Kirk Cousins, I'm more than okay with Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver one. And then there's CeeDee Lamb. He has quarterback certainty as well with Dak Prescott. And he had an absolute 
killer end to the season probably propelled many people to dynasty in the dynasty playoffs and the dynasty championship. So um, let's, but I think we got to talk about CJ Stroud. Why is CJ Stroud number five for you? Well, he finished as the, the quarterback seven as a rookie. And a lot of times with these prolific prospects, uh, including Joe Burrow, you know, he didn't have a top 10 season, his rookie season. It was in fact, rather disappointing. He exited early due to injury, but then we saw year two, absolute explosion. Lamar Jackson, you know, second year in the league. Granted, he didn't play much as a rookie, you know, expl- or second season as a starter, even from his first season as, as a starter. You see that explosion. And we're we're shifting in Dynasty to start playing in such short windows that I like where CJ Stroud has to has to go from here. So Texans, a you know, historically, even in the Deshaun Watson era, a historically run first team. They they established and and they were top fifteen in team pass plays per game and a and a top ten team in pace of play. So they're pushing the ball. There's a lot of offensive snaps and a lot of pass attempts for for CJ Stroud going forward. And he was one of the most you know one of the more efficient quarterbacks, one of the more accurate quarterbacks this year. Displayed incredible pocket presence. Uh, displayed the ability to run even. And so I, I think while there wasn't a huge rushing floor this year. I do think that that takes a step forward a, a little bit as he gets a little bit more comfortable to run. So I, I like Stroud's ru- you know rushing floor. He's going to have two points, maybe two points a game. That's still significant more than, of a rushing floor than Joe Burrow. And the Texans offense is not going to be done retooling. Nico Collins is great. Tank Dell is great. Dalton Schultz is pretty darn good, but these are not necessarily the the brand name weapons that you're going to surround yourself or surround a guy like CJ Stroud with. So I think we get another, maybe a veteran wide receiver uh, who, who can help CJ. I, I think they're going to eventually, I don't know how long Dalton Schultz contract is, but I, I would imagine they're going to be moving on from him to try and get a more dynamic playmaker. This offense has room to grow. We don't know what's happening with T Higgins. Uh, he's, he could be franchise tagged. If he's not franchise tagged, that offense loses a significant producer and Joe Burrow doesn't have a tight end. He has an aging pass catching running back and then he has Jamar chase. And so I firmly believe CJ Stroud is going to be in the top five fantasy quarterbacks by the end of next year. And if he's going to have a top five outlook for the next two to three seasons, that's, that's worth putting him in the top five, in my opinion. But you know, it's for the, for the, for what it's worth, it took me a long time to decide between CJ Stroud and Joe Burrow. So they're in the same tier. And if you go over to playerprofiler.com slash dynasty deluxe, you can get our, the, the player profilers dynasty rankings. They have a, a lifetime value score. So if we're going to talk about like a lifetime value score or like a score or a grade, they're right next to each other. They're right next to each other, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to put my, my money where my mouth is and trade CJ Stroud for Joe Burrow plus if I'm capable of doing that. Wow. 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 So let me, or sorry, I don't, I don't, you know, you know what I meant, but yeah, yeah, I know what you meant. Um, but let me just, I like, I don't necessarily like when we're drafting this high um, in, in, in dynasty, like if you took, if you're at the one Oh five and you took CJ Stroud, I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I I'd say, okay, like you, you have your opinion. I think CJ Stroud's a locked and loaded quarterback from now until, you know, whenever he decides to stop playing football. So I get it. I do understand, but I, I'm, I'm interested to hear, 
your your perspective on this like most dynasty leagues i think the scott fish said the average dynasty league lasts about two and a half mm-hmm. two and a half years not yeah. uh, not our dynasty roundtable leagues by the way no, this, no. The, our dynasty roundtable league is going to last a long time because we have the best uh players in there and maybe we'll do another one of those this year maybe not we'll see keep your eye on eye out for that but i like i get he's young he's 22 but joe burrow is also young justin herbert's like what 27 28 you know like yeah and then and then you look you go down the board and you look at quarterbacks like Dak Prescott who's 30 31 Kyler Murray who has a much more high like a higher rushing ceiling than a guy like CJ Stroud and I have CJ Stroud ranked 12 which you know I don't think is a, a terrible ranking but no. we're this is clearly where we're most different here at the at the start but do you think that young quarterbacks because this goes all the way back to last year with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud was in this conversation too which that paid paid off do you think that we overvalue young quarterbacks you clearly don't think we undervalue or overvalue Stroud I meant overvalue I might have said undervalue do you think we overvalue like younger quarterbacks because like I can take a quarterback that's 30 years old or in heck, even Kirk Cousins, 35, and he's going to give me probably two to three more years of solid production. Yeah, I mean, notice him when I gave my arguments there, I never once mentioned that that Shroud is, is five years younger than Joe Burrow. You know, if you mm-hmm. plan on having an 18-year-long dynasty league, then sure, that, that will come into play. But both of these players are going to be in their primes, you know, over the course of the expected lifespan of your dynasty league. So uh, I'm not considering that too much, you know, spoiler alert. I don't even consider Dak's age too much when I look at his fantasy value, because truth be told, 33 is fairly young for a quarterback. You know, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers play near 45. Saw Tom Brady play at 45. Mm -hmm. We saw, you know, hall of fame quarterbacks play well into their late thirties and Peyton Manning off the top of my head. I'm going to guess and say he was 38 when he had that record breaking season. Uh, so you know, we still have a, a lot of of scoring from these quarterbacks coming for quite a few more years. So, so the age is not really the reason I'm I'm putting him over him. Yeah, and I I just think like if I'm structuring my team, if I'm if I'm at the back end, let's say I'm in a start dynasty startup, and I'm at pick nine, ten, eleven, you know, I miss out on that elite tier of quarterbacks. You know, the the Joe Burrows, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking to give myself an advantage. I think the net like it's always been a struggle for me. Like, oh, do I go like with the best tier of wide receiver with the Jefferson or the Chase or the Lamb, or do I go for what I think is a tier two quarterback just because it's super flex and it's a it's a quarterback? You know, it's it's a fascinating conversation for me. And I I think some of these quarterbacks I do I I think they're a little bit overvalued. I and and like as the years have gone on, and this is maybe just the way I dynasty now. you know, I have Jefferson at seven, I have Chase at eight, I have Lamb at nine, I have that tier of wide receivers over some of these other quarterbacks. I just feel like it gives me an advantage that that I can, and, and I can still draft a Kirk Cousins later, and I can still draft, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of these other quarterbacks, a Kyler Murray, maybe even a Dak Prescott later with my second pick, and still get a quarterback in a tier that I feel comfortable with a little bit later. I think it. I, I think I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm not because I lo- I really do like CJ Stroud. It's not a battle, you know, it's not 
really a battle that I want to fight, to be honest, because CJ Stroud, I mean, let's face it, he could at the rushing upside, like the lack of that does concern me a little bit, which is why his ranking is a little bit down, but he still could be a top five fantasy quarterback from now until, you know what I mean? Like, I think the upside exists, especially if they add another weapon there, like who knows what they do in the off season. So it's just an interesting conversation. Like, do you go with the tier one wide receiver or do you go with the first quarterback in tier two? It's such a fascinating thing because you ask a hundred people, I feel like you get 50 answers over here and 50 answers over there. Yeah. And I think you pointed out an interesting, uh, you know, split in the way we've done our rankings, because I completely agree with you. Like if I'm on the clock and Allen gone, hurts gone, Mahomes gone, Jackson gone, and, and I'm on the clock at five. I'm not necessarily, let's say I'm, I'm at six and Joe Burrow's gone too. I'm not necessarily going Stroud or Herbert just because they're the best quarterback available and I'm in super flex. So there's, you know, in terms of being a super flex league, I think of rankings closer to trade value and then using that as your guide, you know, as you go down the draft because you have your tiers. And because if I offered you, if there was a trade and you're a QB needing team trying to acquire CJ Stroud, we've seen trades where guys like Jamar Chase, you got you you trade Jamar Chase plus for CJ Stroud. Like there's there's a premium on the position outside of the draft that really matters. And so that's why I have these game changer quarterbacks ahead of the tier one wide receivers, because when push comes to shove and we look up trades, it's more likely than not that we're going to see the quarterback side heavied a little bit more. And it's just because of that premium that exists. So, so that's kind of why I have some of these, some of these players where I have them. No. Yeah. I, I totally, totally get it, Matt. I totally get it. The chat is alive. We have the Harry snowman in the chat. He, he's, he has a new girlfriend. So congratulations. Snowman. That's nice. right. Got a new girlfriend. Uh, Anthony's in the chat. He's saying, I I'm showing my OSU hatred with, uh, with, with your bias is showing. Yeah. Iowa bias. I should have, I should have put, uh, Sam Laporta in the top 10. That's what I should have done. Uh, Harry snowman again, Stroud is very good, but QBs are just not as important as they used to be to winning a championship case in point, Baker Mayfield set match point. Joe Flacco. I think that's a really interesting comment. Like, I think this I year more than comment. more more than other years, like you were able to go get uh, a Baker Mayfield or a Joe Flacco. Like, if you were a contending team and let's say you lost Justin Herbert or something like that, you were able to go get heck even an Aiden O'Connell or a Jake Browning probably helped you out at some point, maybe. So, like quarterbacks, I I think. Like if you're at the, t- I'm not going to say like, if you're at the top of the draft, it's like, Oh, I'll take Justin Jefferson. No, I think obviously the, the like the first six picks to me is kind of like locked in stone, maybe even seven. If you want to throw CJ Stroud in there, I'm fine with that. I won't, like I said, that's not the hill I want to die on is debating you about how good CJ Stroud is. Cause he's really good. My point would be, I think to give myself the advantage, I would take the first tier of wide receiver and then draft quarterbacks later. But however you want a dynasty, I'm not like I'm not going to fight you on that. But this this is interesting that this was possible. That does this it's affect anything? No, it's interesting. Okay. But like, yeah. go out, go out and try and do that. Go out yeah. in a super flex league, purposely tank quarterback because you can get them later, and try your hand at some at some mid to low tier backup quarterbacks. And see what happens. Like it's 
it's way easier to say at the end of the 2023 season, well, Baker Mayfield was the QB 17 and, and Joe Flacco played really well. Okay, cool. We found Baker Mayfield, who was a slightly above average quarterback, actually slightly below average quarterback. In 32 starters in the NFL, he was 17th in, in fantasy points per game. So slightly below average. And and Joe Flacco, an incredible outlier that will that happens once every when's the last time anything like Joe Flacco has happened in fantasy football. So yeah. and and the Podfather's done this too, talking about you know late round QB, uh, you know, kind of you know setting the table for for 2024. And I I don't think we should overlook a, a little bit of a correction where we see Joe Burrow injury. Justin Herbert, you know, injury closer to the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, the, the whole team was injured. They were in disarray with the, with their coaching situation. Patrick Mahomes, not in a situation that he's used to being in. Jalen Hurts, hurt. Team seeing some, seeing some injuries and dysfunction. This is a weird year for quarterbacks. Kyler Murray recovering from an ACL tear. So, or Trevor Lawrence, hurt all the time. I, I mean, this is just a long list and we, if we want to expect that to happen again, we have to expect all of these quarterbacks or another long list of them to go through these treacheries, you know, all, all of these unlucky things that happen in a single season. It seems like uh, seems like a little short-sighted to, to lean that far and say, you know, the QBs aren't that valuable anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe the better way to pose this question, and you, you can – Say Seth, you're an idiot. That's fine. I've I've been called worse. Um, do you think that the quarterback two in a super flex? Because all of these quarterbacks we're talking about, like no debate, they're elite. But the quarterback two on your roster, do you think that position is overvalued by some people? Like you, do you think you can fill it with a Baker Mayfield and be just fine? Yeah, you you can, but I do because th- I, I think. think- I think that's I think what we're talking about. I think that's what Harry Harry's has another, maybe talking about. Harry has another comment where I, I don't know where it is, but he basically says you can fill it with another position. And and so, yeah. you know, I would rather have CeeDee Lamb, obviously, like in my super flex over, over a guy like Baker Mayfield. So if we go like further down our top 25 without revealing too many names, uh, even some of those guys are probably like a, maybe like a Garrett Wilson, somebody like that, like one, you know, tier three receiver probably still want a quarterback because they're yeah they're the boom possibility like depends on the it's way easier for baker to go out there and get 30 fantasy points than it is garrett wilson that's just how that's just how things work that's how the point system works well i think it depends on the wide receiver normally yeah it it depends on it depends on the player and there are and this is why there are so many sharp people who take so many different viewpoints of the game. There are a lot of ways to get things done. Uh, you know, you don't have to, you can invest in a quarterback in a quarterback too, and then trade them and maybe get a guy like CD lamb in your super flex. There's a, there's a million ways to get these things done. So if you strategize it right, absolutely. There are guys who you'd rather be in your super flex than a mid tier quarterback. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of guys like, just feel like they have to get two quarterbacks with their first two picks in a startup. And I think as I go along in my dynasty journey, I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe we can, we can wait a little bit and fill that quarterback two spot a little bit. Yeah. I, I waited in the dynasty roundtable league. I didn't take a quarterback in the second. Okay. 
So the fantasy plumber is saying it's it's not hard. It's not a hard argument to get Stroud to number three. So that would mean that he would be ranked above Patrick Mahomes. Would you, do you think you could get there with CJ Stroud? I find it very hard to get him into the top three right now. To push yeah. him over Lamar Jackson would be tough. And yeah. I I feel like I went pretty far putting him a step above, excuse me, Joe Burrow. I think right now with the the history of the success that Joe Burrow has had, you know, CJ hasn't hit that level yet. I, I think he will, but... I think the argument to push him above into that tier with Joe Burrow is 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 pretty tough, but I did it. I don't think I can get him past Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think you probably have him as high as I would put him. And I, I well, you see my ranking there. So, um, but if you like, yeah, I couldn't put him above Lamar like that or Mahomes. Like I just couldn't couldn't do it. But hey, maybe maybe we're wrong. Uh, people also forget that you have to play. You don't have to play a quarter. Okay. Yeah. That's, what I was talking that's about. the one you were talking about. Yeah. That's what kind of what we talked about. It's true. It just kind of depends on your roster. If you have a really strong roster and you have, you know, it just kind of depends on that player versus, you know, the quarterback. But I would say the good majority of the time to Matt's point, the quarterback has way more of an opportunity to score points because, they have way more opportunities. Like they're throwing way, they have the ball in their hands every play. So it's, you know, it's a lot easier for them to score more points. And again, it comes down to rankings and weekly rankings during the season and opportunity and matchup and all that stuff. So, um, cause that's, I guess that's more of a, a lineup question, but so we'll go ahead and reveal the next five, uh, keep the chat coming. We'll, we'll answer as many of your questions as possible um as we go through this process and we'll engage with you so keep that keep the chat going our next five are anthony richardson wow we have a pretty big gap there too uh, amon ross st brown dak prescott kyler murray and i have marvin harrison at 14 and he comes in at um player number six or rank number 16 tied with aj brown so that's we have that's pretty high i have him higher than you um, so much to talk about here, but I think we should probably start with Anthony Richardson. You have him at number eight. I have him at number 15. And maybe this comes back to the quarterback conversation we were having where, you know, maybe I was I was going through these rankings thinking, OK, if I miss out on the elite tier of wide receiver, you know, I'm happy going another direction. So you have Anthony Richardson at eight. You want to talk about that and then I'll talk about why I have him a little lower. He's a game changer. First, I'm I'm shocked that we I thought I, I'm shocked that we skipped over me putting CD over Jefferson and Chase and you putting CD below oh, Jefferson and Chase. Hold on. CD is nine. Jefferson is ten. Nine. Chase is eleven for me. But yeah, but he's Oh, 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 oh. But you have wow. Jefferson seven Wait, and Chase eight. Well well, yeah, let's talk about that. Why do you have let's WR WR one? This this guy, CD Lamb. Really? You think well, you think CD Lamb's wide receiver one? Wide receiver one. Tell me, tell me why. Well, he has the most stable situation right now of of all three, and Justin Jefferson probably going to get Kirk Cousins back next year. We don't know, probably. so there's a there's a little probably. uncertainty there. Mm -hmm. But CD Lamb showed what happens when he gets the Justin Jefferson treatment in Dallas. They they figured it out. Jerry Jones sat down and. He watched Vikings film with Mike McCarthy. And what at one point he just turned and he was like, why don't we do that? 
why don't we do that with CD this year? Uh, and it's and it's worked very well. Brandon Cooks is going to be back. He's exactly what this offense needed. He's he's working the zones. He's stretching the field. He's doing exactly what he needs to get CD those those targets and keep him away from the double bracket coverages. You can't do it against Dallas. They have too many weapons. And this is a stable offensive situation with right now a stable coaching staff. And they're one of the most consistent teams in football right now. And Dynasty is a what have you done for me lately? We don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to be like off this Achilles injury. I hope that he is still the Kirk Cousins that we know and love. Kirko chains, but we don't know the, and then, you know, we go to Jamar chase. There's a real argument to show that Jamar chase is less productive when T Higgins is not on the field. And that makes sense because they have no other weapons outside of Jamar chase. So if T Higgins isn't on the field, Jamar is going to get bracket coverage, two high safeties. They're going to play the game of shut Jamar chase down and, and we'll win. Because that's assuming that the Bengals then draft a receiver and that receiver picks up the offense and, and hits. So we can see a down year for Jamar Chase. And, and I'm just going to roll with the situation that I think has the most consistency right now, and that's Dallas. I think, I think, that's, I think that's fair. I think also the other two wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, dealt with injuries, and so did Jamar Chase. And obviously Jamar Chase lost his quarterback. So all of that affects it. We assume I, – I would still say out of the three – I still like Joe Burrow, but that with Jamar Chase. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to be back. And again, we play this in, in two to three year windows. So, you know, maybe in three years, maybe, uh, you know, Jamar's ahead or CD's ahead. But there's no denying what CD Lamb's been able to do this year. Uh, leads the, he's the wide receiver one in fantasy points per game. I mean, just this, he started off a little slow. Like in the first five weeks, he finished. His best week was against the Jets out of all people. He finished as wide receiver seven, but then starting in week eight, wide receiver one week, had a nice week eight, nine, 10 stretch where he finishes the wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver two. And then like the last, what, five weeks of the season, uh, wide receiver 11, wide receiver 16, wide receiver nine, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. So he didn't finish any lower than wide receiver 16. So you can't, it doesn't really get much better than that. So I understand the ranking. Um, I'm, I'm really trying not to have recency bias and I'm not saying that you are, but I, I still think that Jefferson's the better receiver. I think Kirk Cousins coming back, same story with Chase, but again, this is not a hill I want to die on, but it's, and it's really, really close. If you and I were in a startup together and we were picking at, at number where do you have them? Number nine. And you said, Seth, we got to take CD lamb and all your other players that were higher, you know, and you were like pounding the table for CD lamb. I'd say, okay, let's take CD lamb. I'm cool with it. But I just think Jefferson and chase are just a little bit better as talents and their situations are just fine. So, but there's no denying what CD lamb has been able to do this year. You know what, you know what Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase don't do though. Primarily. Hmm. Let's run routes out of the slot. <laughs> You do, there is, that is a, I mean, it's a real thing. It makes, yep. it makes their lives so much easier when you have a guy like CD lamb who moves in and out of the slot all the time. And it's so hard to provide consistent coverage 
And in the slot, there's more separation. They're starting at a different distance. There's just it's baked in. There's more separation. And with a guy like CeeDee Lamb, who just posted a higher route win rate season this year than any of those two have ever had. It's clear that they've found a path to doing exactly what Los Angeles was doing with Keenan Allen this year, move them all around the field and just scheme them open. And and until I see a defense that can, or a string of defenses that can consistently do that, it like, and you know, um, snowman was right in the chat. You know, it's usually someone different as a wide receiver one next year. And that's, that's a, that's a big possibility, but you know, again, like, okay, try and pick who's going to be wide receiver. Number one, like it's, it's why they call it gambling. Yeah. I may have lost this battle. I think you, maybe you win. I I think I might concede victory. I think CD CD lamb might be the wide receiver one in dynasty. I think you might be right. He might not be. I don't know. They're all in the same tier. That was a a damn good argument. That was one of the best moments you've had on the show, Matt. That was, that was, that was very well done. I might, I might've been living in the past on that. So I might have to reassess, but that's the beauty of this. Like we can have conversations like this and you know, the chat can get involved and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, That's Stroud. You know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sitting there thinking about that. Yeah. So let's talk Anthony Richardson. Yep. You have him at eight, just above your guy, CD lamb. Talk to me about why he is that high for you. Yeah. He's the end of my second tier of quarterbacks. And if you're, if you're a tier one or tier two quarterback, you're going to hold more, more value. Excuse me. This is why I shouldn't eat pizza before, before shows. <laughs> Woo. Um, but if you're in that tier one, tier two quarterback, you know, uh, these are players that are, are often going in the first round. Like you have a 12 person dynasty startup. Doesn't matter what your rankings are. Odds are seven plus quarterbacks are going in the first round. And like I said, there's just a premium on the position, whether you're outside of it being in the top 12, nay you know the top eight like a playoff caliber quarterback you know if we're gonna assume that the top eight teams have the top eight quarterbacks no that's not how it works but that's that's essentially how dynasty value still operates right now where if you're gonna be a guy who can be the eighth best quarterback or better in your league that's a that's a locked and loaded position that you can always have positional advantage over other people we talk about why you know, you draft Travis Kelsey in previous years because you're just always the, the positional advantage that you get from having a Travis Kelsey is is so much more beneficial than the marginal difference you get from going in X direction. And and that's kind of the way I see Anthony Rich, Richardson up here at eight is the, the positional advantage I get at quarterback over guys that decided to not take QB as seriously by having a guy with an Anthony Richardson, who's going to have a load of weapons to deal with and a scary rushing ability. I mean, what he was able to do in the few games healthy this season. I mean, he had 29 points QB two in week three and there is in week four, but his third game, he had 22 points fourth among quarterbacks in his first game as a professional. And he threw 37 times. He threw the ball 37 times in his in his debut and had two touchdowns, has two 20-point games, nearly a 30-point game in three active games. I mean, this guy was potentially on pace to break fantasy. Like he he could have done things that we were not prepared for this season. He's gonna have the same offense next year under you know, another year learning the system and Shane Steichen, you know, in, in investing in this team. 
and building them up. So Anthony Richardson, I, I really feel like next season we're going to watch AR-15 go out there and we're going to be like, shit, I, I completely forgot that he tore it up before he left. And now I am I got to watch this guy all season. I don't have enough shares. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be me. All right. I'm going to say this knowing that people are going to hate it. He has a higher upside than CJ Stroud does. I, I've, I have thought about that a lot today. I've thought about it a yeah. lot today. Yeah. The reason he's 15 for me and not higher, he's, he's the one player on this list that could shoot up this ranking. I just need to see more because we didn't see much of it, but he is in a perfect situation. We, like the Colts are doing it right. They actually pair up their quarterbacks with their coaches, unlike a certain organization in Chicago that just didn't know how to do business, but I digress. So he is in a really good situation. Michael Pittman has already said that he's willing to play on the franchise tag. So he's likely going to come back. That is huge for a young quarterback. And Michael Pittman balled out this year too. That's a big dub for the podcast. We were saying, we were talking about him all off season. Exactly. So that is so important for a rookie quarterback to have that number one legitimate wide receiver. Now the Colts have some work to do to get him some more weapons because outside of him and Jonathan Taylor, you know, like they need a number two wide receiver because Alec Pierce and, um, Oh, Josh Downs. I guess Josh Downs played okay, but I don't know if he's a legitimate number two. I think they could use that. I think they could be a nice little home for T. Higgins if they decide to go that direction or if they draft a wide receiver. The draft is, gosh, the draft is full of wide receivers. But I just need to see more because I'm I'm willing to to elevate him as high as you have. I'm just I just want to see more of Anthony Richardson proving it to me because he has the potential to be. And like I said, he has the upside the rushing upside that makes us just salivate in fantasy football because let's face he has top three quarterback i mean he could be the top uh, top three quarterback in fantasy football next year and we like i wouldn't be surprised like right up there with jalen hurts and josh allen you know so it wouldn't shock me so you're saying romo dunes odunze to the indianapolis colts in the first round ah that would be great he's like uh who says no He's like a tall DJ Moore is what Aroma Dunze is. That would be incredible for them. I do love Josh Downs and I, you you got a point, right? Like, is he, is he the number two? He's not necessarily a guy I'm rolling out there in two wide receiver sets. He's, he's the slot guy. He's the, the guy you want to get in open space. He's quick. So he can, he's quick and fast. So he can stretch the field, but he also works in that short area, gaining yak, kind of a similar yep. role to where we saw Jaden Reed in this year. Um, but yeah, I, I would prefer to have a guy like Odunze, who's also a game breaker. He's uh, this is a horrible comparison, but like vibes wise and like in the role that they try to put him out in this year, he's just like a major upgrade, like a version of Alec Pierce. Oh yeah, oh definitely yes. Like they're they're both fast, they're both you know uh, the similar frame, and so that's kind of that's basically all I'm getting at. But yeah, uh, no, I know I would love that. Like if if they draft a wide receiver at, with that pick. They, in which they very well could. They have a lot of holes on defense too, so they could just yeah, decide to go that do. direction. They could also take one of those offensive tackles, and that would be um, that would be great for. Uh, even though the Colts had a bounce back year with their offensive line, you can never dra- you can never draft enough offensive linemen. I think that would be a a good use of that pick. Whether that's Joe Alt, Joe Alt's probably going higher. Maybe Fashan who falls there, maybe. Um, but we'll see. We have like the NFL draft is going to be bananas this year with all these wide receivers 
Um, but yeah, I just, I guess it just comes down to like, this is the one player I had the, the most trouble ranking because he, he has that upside that I, I, that I target in, in fantasy football. I just didn't see a lot of it this year and the completion percentage in the NFL, you know, in college, it was an issue. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I thought he could work through that as a starter, but that's also concerning but the rushing upside is this is the player that could rise up my ranking he could rise all the way up to you know eight easily you know for me so i'm i I, even though we're at 15 and eight right now i don't think our opinion is all that different i just kind of like some of these other like i've got dak ahead of him i'm on rob we'll talk more about this but marvin harrison is the first rookie off the board like we promised these 2024 rookies are in here but Marvin Harrison, you have him at 18. I have him at 14. Talk to me about how you feel about Marvin Harrison Jr. So, not, not Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, so I think, again, I think we're in lockstep, actually, because I have him after Amon Ross St. Brown, if I'm looking at my... Yeah, so I have him as the next receiver after Amon Ross St. Brown. So this is we're in lockstep as to where we are with our receiver rankings. Uh, at through this point, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown versus Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think we're ready to to put Marvin Harrison Jr. over on Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, we've we've seen dominance from ARSB, and we're going to continue to see that for some years to come. And there's still a lot of uncertainty with Marvin Harrison Jr. So this really comes down to the players I have that are not Marvin Harrison Jr. or Amon Ross St. Brown in between them, and I have I have a quarterback which. I I wonder how that discussion is going to go um, because I don't know where you have this guy. I feel like it's probably way down there based on our conversation about quarterbacks. Uh, and then I have two running backs in between Marvin Harrison Jr. So I have the tier one RBs and then Marvin Harrison Jr. right behind them. So I'm basically saying here that Marvin Harrison Jr. is as valuable as the tier one RBs right now. Um, and I feel pretty comfortable with that. Marvin Harrison Jr. is incredible. He's a prophetic prospect, but nothing is certain in the NFL. We have no idea who he's going to be tied to. So right now we're you know, in a lot of people want to say talent over situation, but the situation matters a lot, especially when it comes to startup drafts and figuring out what you're going to be, right? So if you want to take Marvin Harrison Jr., you should be prepared to have to wait a couple of years. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Look at what he did in Ohio State. Oh, he was dominant. He flopped year one because he went to a situation where he wasn't going to step up right away. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. And Marvin Harrison Jr., a lot of people are saying, not necessarily me, but is he the number one? What if Malik Neighbors ends up being the better the better prospect, the better NFL player? There's a lot of uncertainty there. And, and, and if I'm on the clock, I'm going to sweat like hell trying to figure out if I'm going to take Marva Harrison Jr. or Brees Hall. But that's just where I have them in, in, in the rankings. So, you know, it, this is to be transparent. It's not necessarily a situation I'm, I'm confident in, uh, but it's where the rankings fell for right now. And, you know, we have the whole offseason to kind of continue to evaluate that and adjust. And so, you know, this is one of my least confident rankings. I can say that much. Yeah. Marvin Harrison, to me, is the most talented wide receiver I've seen in college since I've been doing this, like set for seven or eight years. He just is. 
And you're right. You're absolutely right. The situation's going to matter for him. Although, you know, we do have the Tom Savage corollary out there with DeAndre Hopkins. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is an alien walking the earth in, in the form of a human being. Like, I, he's amazing. I, I just, just as I'm going through my scouting process with these 2024 rookies, it's, it's, it's really something to behold the way he plays football. But we'll see. Because this Ohio State situation is kind of getting weird. I think they're get, they're all going to declare because they got a big running back recruit. So I think Travion Henderson's going to declare, and I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is eventually going to declare. But as far as I know, they haven't yet, unless there's a news blurb that I missed. But I think he's going to. But anyway, getting back to the point, the, I, I don't typically like to r- rank rookies this high, um, but... Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams both are in a tier for me that I could see a world where Marvin Harrison is the wide receiver one in dynasty. Like that's his ceiling to me. Caleb Williams, I think can be a top five quarterback in dynasty, like from the jump. I think he has that kind of talent. Now situation is going to matter more for Caleb Williams than it is for Marvin Harrison. I think it's still going to matter, but Caleb Williams situation is, you know, does he get drafted? Like who's, does he get drafted by the bears and Matt Eberflus? Or does Washington take him with a new coach? That might be a better situation with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, you know, it, it, like who knows? But, so, yeah. So, so what happens when Chicago trades back and takes Marvin Harrison Jr. and he gets entered into an offense, a low passing volume offense with DJ Moore? We'll see now that. Yeah, that's that's problematic with Justin Fields. Yeah, I fully see what you're saying, though, and I completely agree, which is why I said that, like, this is another situation where, you know, my gut or my heart wanted to bump him up um, and give him a pretty high ranking. And then my my gut told me to to stay, you know, a little bit conservative because, you know, like I said, again, we're still we're still in lockstep in our receiver rankings in terms of position and where Marvin Harrison Jr. is. And so, you know, it's more of an on the clock decision. You know, do do I go for my second quarterback off the board? You know, do I take AJ Brown, Brees Hall or Marvin Harrison Jr. Really at that point, um, if Amon Ra is not available and that's a sweat decision. (laughs) One I don't, one I don't look forward to having to make. It's a huge, it's, it's, it's a risk, but man, I think it's a risk I'd be willing to take. I like think of I think who so we, too. Yeah, think of who we have him ranked ahead of. Like we have him ranked ahead of AJ Brown, who had a really good year. We have him ranked ahead of Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to bounce back and was top five in a lot of the metrics we care about, including air yards and expected fantasy points per game. Like his expected Garrett Wilson, which we'll talk about, like had one of the biggest disparities that I can remember seeing like in his actual fantasy points per game and his expected fantasy points per game because of the terrible quarterback play and like the catchable target rate was off the chart or like bad in a bad way, like in the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. So Garrett Wilson is absolutely a dynasty buy. And anyway, we'll talk about that when we get there, but yeah, we're pretty bull. I'm pretty bullish on Marvin Harrison. I feel like we're pretty much in lockstep on Marvin Harrison. And to me, like I said, I'll just finish it by restating that he's the best receiver I've seen in college since I've been doing this. And we'll see if where he gets drafted, what his situation is going to be. But I think he is a, as locked in locked and loaded of a sure thing as I've ever seen, but we'll see. We do have to take a break. I knew this would happen. We're, we're, we're just over halfway through and we're at the 46 minute mark. So we got to, 
we got to get a, a, an ad break or not an ad, a, an informative segment. segment. Yeah, an informative segment from the pod father. So here we go. Uh, st- uh, re- stick with us, though, because right after this, we're going to get into the back half of our top 25 and maybe even give you, if we have time, some some of the players that we didn't rank, talk about we, why we didn't rank them in the top 25. But here's a message from Underdog from the pod father. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 you can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode, so we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. All right, we are back, and there's this show on the channel, Matt Babbage, called the Dynasty Warzone. It, the time has changed from Thursdays at 5 p.m. to Sundays at 8 p.m. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, but you, what you should do is you should, you should subscribe to the channel and get the bell uh, so it alerts you of all the stuff that's going on on the channel. But the Dynasty Warzone with Memphis Young, Jerry Sinclair, one of my favorite shows to watch. Both of those guys are as sharp as it gets. And, we, you know, guys, I have, you know, very, you know, very, very, um, they're very tapped in. I'm very envious of their process. And I try to replicate and take bits and nuggets from their show every chance I can. So be tapped in, be tuned into that show uh, as it as it switches back to Sunday nights at 8 p.m. And I'm going to reveal the next five or so. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm being a great co-host tonight. Seth tried to ask me to get to promote the the Dynasty War Zone, and I was I was checking my bets, so I didn't see it. So how how, how are the bets great. doing tonight? You doing we're okay? we're doing great. We had we had Matt Duchesne from the Dallas Stars point scorer. Uh, he scored a goal uh, in either the first or the second period. So so that's that's good to go. Uh, you know, just just waiting on some others here. Mostly NHL bets at this time of the year. You know me. Um, but we got some comments related to football in the chat. Uh, shout out to my dad. How's it going? Oh, okay. Uh, Bears will take Williams and restart the clock. I th- I I keep I don't know. Let's hear from another resident Bears fan, Seth. What do yep. you think about this? Because this is kind of where I lean will actually end up happening. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the comments made today, while 
they're just kind of pussyfooting around the issue of like Justin did a lot of things, but we have the number one pick and Caleb Williams is out there and we can restart the clock. And he wasn't a quarterback that we drafted, by the way. This is a quarterback that we inherited. So we gave him his chance. Start the clock. Give us five more years. Yep. 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 You see, see, there's He's a gotta business. Be comfortable with the system. You got to give him at least two. Yep, there's a professional element to this too, Matt Babich, and a business side and the financials. Like you're gonna have to pay Fields, you know, in a couple years. Like, look at what Daniel Jones got. You think you would think Fields would get something like that? It's just the market for quarterbacks. So, and that just killed in a salary cap league. That just it kills takes, you. Yeah, it Unless takes away. Still have two big playmakers on rookie contract, three big playmakers on rookie contracts in the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. There you go. There you go. That would be, I think that's a good solution, but anyway, we, we could do a whole show. I could do a whole show on the bears. Um, maybe I will someday, but oh my God, eight, we have, we are so different on AJ Brown. I think we need to start yeah, there. How did, how did this happen? Well, why? I don't know because AJ Brown, the last two years, he's been the wide receiver eight in fantasy points per game. He's the wide receiver five this year he's in philadelphia i know philadelphia lately hasn't been playing well but he's number four in air yards he's number eight in targets in the league uh he's number seven somehow in unrealized air yards so there's still some meat left on the bone here uh yards per route run he's in the top 10 he's he he's in a he's in in these metrics that we care a lot about he is very high and we all know that aj brown's a stud on the field. So tell me why, tell me why Matt Babbage, he's all the way down at number 22, which means you'd probably never draft him in a dynasty startup. Why does that, why does that mean that? Cause he's, he's, he's like, uh, Oh, he, so if I rank him down there, other people, yeah, yeah, yeah. higher. So he's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the way the, the cookie crumbles, then, you know, uh, what am I, what can I do? Um, so let's look at an AJ Brown's game log throughout the back half of the season and compare it to a random person that I may or may not have ranked above him. Uh, okay. So let's just arbitrarily start at week 14. That's close to the fantasy playoffs, 20 points, two points, 43 points, 27 points. And I know it's week 18, but he did close it out with 29 points in a meaningful game. Uh, AJ Brown, 14 and 19 leading up to this. And then week 14, 16, 10, 14, 9, blah, blah, blah. Brees Hall and Jameer Gibbs are are above AJ Brown in my rankings. And I think that's where this all comes into play. 16 for me, 19 for you, 17 for me, 21 for you. And then, you know, I have Caleb Williams above him, which you do too. Uh, so who else do you have? You have him above Marvin Harrison Jr., and then you have him above AJ Amon Ross St. Brown as well. It's very close between those two. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I can't deny what AJ Brown has done in spurts over, over the past two seasons. He has been the wide receiver eight, two years in a row in fantasy points per game, but he is, you know, approaching the AJ Pex, whereas Amon Ross St. Brown is, you know, 24. So he's got, you know, a few more years left of, of prime prime. And I know we just kind of had a discussion about the, the shortened window we play in, but I don't know. I, I, I'll admit that some gut feeling kind of came into this where I just couldn't put 
AJ Brown over Amon Ross St. Brown from what I've seen from them and what I see in their offenses right now. Uh, but that being said, you know, if Ben Johnson leaves the Lions, do we see do we see a downtick? So there is some uncertainty in the in, you know in the coaching situation. I'm on Ross St. Brown, so there's certainly arguments to either side. But uh, I, I feel like while he is ranked 22, it's still a lot closer than it's kind of making it seem. But yeah, I, I, I guess I'm a little lower on AJ Brown. Yeah, and that's I it's you know that's why we have the composite ranking. It averages it out, and we have him at. Uh, tied with tied right up with Marvin Harrison at 16. So yeah, um, let's talk Caleb Williams. Um, we're probably I'm I'm gonna go ahead and guess that where we have him ranked, we're probably if we were doing a dynasty startup based on these rankings, we're probably not getting Caleb Williams because I would bet you at the end of the first round, early second round is probably where He's Caleb gone. Williams yeah. is gonna go. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works with these rookies, like. Anyway, so I think Caleb Williams is could be could be uh, an all pro quarterback in, in the NFL. He certainly has the talent to do that. Um, and again, I, I don't personally have any issues with the crying. I know some people do, but everything that we've seen on the field from Caleb Williams has told me that he's going to be a, a really good NFL quarterback and I still believe he's the best quarterback in this class and frankly I don't think it's close so he he is deserving of this ranking however for me I like a known quantity more than I you know I kind of talked about it when I was when I ranked Anthony Richardson and we've we've seen him a little bit in the NFL Anthony Richardson so we should have a good idea even in a small sample size of what we're going to get out of Anthony Richardson but I'm still skeptical Caleb Williams for me um like I said, he's got that top five quarterback in dynasty upside. He does. But for me, the way I dynasty, I like to take known commodities over these rookies. And I know the, these rookies are going to get sh- shot up way higher than I'm willing to take them. So unless I'm certain that Caleb Williams is a generational can't miss NFL prospect, then I mean, people thought, and I'm not saying they're the same player, but I saw Trey Lance going at like the 202 in Superflex Dynasty startups oh. for the for the same reason that people are going to talk themselves into Caleb Williams, and I'm they're not the same player at all. Like Trey Lance went to uh, what North Dakota State or something and was a run first quarterback and only played one year of college. And Caleb Williams has put up way more stats in college than Trey Lance ever did. So they're not anywhere close to the same player. But if somebody was willing to draft Trey Lance, and I know he was with the Niners, so the situation matters too in that. If they were willing to draft Trey Lance where they drafted him, like Caleb Williams is going to just skyrocket up dynasty rankings as we get closer to re- or to startup season. Um, but this is where I feel comfortable ranking him now. And it, it, again, he is a fantastic prospect, but there are some unknowns with him that causes him to slip down my rankings just a tad. And I like middle of the second round is really, really high for a rookie quarterback. Yeah. I mean, CJ or CJ Stroud, um, Caleb Williams can be a damn good quarterback. It doesn't mean he's going to be scoring more fantasy points than CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson within the next two seasons or even Dak Prescott. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like Trevor, Trevor Lawrence was before Caleb Williams. 
And, you know, before the revisionist history of Pat Mahomes, because he was not a highly touted prospect going into the NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence was the chosen one to end all chosen ones since his high school days. Yep. The guy literally didn't yep. lose. And this was the prophetic prospect, literally, like with the long hair and everything. And, and he hasn't had a top 10 quarterback season or fantasy points per game in his three years so far in the NFL doesn't mean I don't think Trevor Lawrence is still a damn good prospect and people are, or damn good quarterback and people are overrating what has happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. I still think Trevor Lawrence is phenomenal, way more talented than the 13th. He's more talented than the 13th best quarterback in the league. Like his fantasy points per game would state, but I mean, you'll see with my Trevor Lawrence ranking too. Like it doesn't mean that I'm going to be putting them over some of these guys. I mean, that's where, that's where the situation truly does matter and how, you know, the, the teams are calling, calling games. I'm actually kind of talking to, I'm in the middle of this. I'm talking to myself into bumping up Trevor Lawrence in the rankings, but yes, I agree. I agree with your point about Caleb Williams and taking proven commodities over, over rookies in these situations. Sometimes they just get boosted a little too far up for me. Yeah, and your point about Trevor or Trevor Lawrence is valid because I remember you see when you're in enough of these startups, you start to see patterns, and that's why you know I know that Caleb Williams would not be there if we were drafting by these rankings. I think Trevor Lawrence w- went middle of the first round before he had played an NFL snap, if I remember right. I'm sure somebody in the chat could maybe post their startup story of how high they saw Trevor Lawrence going in in their superflex startup drafts. But I, I seem to remember him being like the 107, 108, something crazy like that, like like before the, his rookie season. So, yeah. And, and of course, you know, Trey Lance. And like for me, like I think your, your Dak Prescott point is really good. Like Dak Prescott is like locked into a great situation. He's he's a veteran. You know what you're going to get with him. He has C.D. Lamb. Tony Pollard. I know Tony Pollard didn't have a great season this year, but he has weapons. Mike McCarthy be damned. Like they could fire Mark, Mike McCarthy, bring in another offensive coach. It wouldn't like the situation is pretty solid. And with Caleb Williams, we just, yeah, he's young, but he's going to be a rookie and he's probably going to be really good, but there's still more unknowns there. And I like to get as many knowns on my dynasty team as possible uh, to build toward that super contender. So, um, Matt, let's reveal the last, like th- we're going to have more than, um, more than 25, just because you rank some inside the top 25 that I didn't. And I rank some inside the 25 that you didn't. So let's, let's talk about this. So we're starting at Garrett Wilson. Uh, I have Garrett. That's, we have a pretty big discrepancy there. I have Garrett Wilson at 16. You have him at 25. We basically have Purdy and Wilson. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised that you're higher on Purdy than I am. I've turned a new leaf. Wow. Okay. Uh, We'll have to talk about that. I have Jalen Waddle ranked. You don't, you don't, uh, you have Christian McCaffrey ranked. I don't, Uh, I have Chris Olave ranked. You don't. And I have Trevor Lawrence at 26 and you have him at 20 and you have, two are ranked and i have sam laporta nice little teaser there like oh i might just put sam laporta in my top yeah 25. there you go i made that change i was I like that- oh that was a good one seth that was I'm, funny yeah and i made that he's in your top 25 i made that change right before the show started no i'm kidding uh but let's talk about let's talk about garrett wilson i think garrett wilson is one of these dynasty assets that you're gonna want to buy into this offseason i think people are gonna lower him a little bit too far 
and we know Aaron Rodgers is coming back and Aaron Rodgers has to be an upgrade over what they had. The coaching staff and the GM, they're back. I would not be shocked uh, given the Jets draft position if they were in on, say, trading up for a quarterback. I don't know if that would be Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix, but that would seems to be some, a wise move for the Jets to pair a rookie quarterback with Aaron Rodgers so they can sit and you know learn from one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game, um, despite what how I feel about him. Uh, um, he ruined many Sundays for me, but he's still a Hall of Famer. Um, so again, Garrett Wilson, like if we look at his at his advanced metrics, he should have been a lot better this year. And it's just the nature of fantasy football. If a player disappoints us, they're gonna get dropped down the rate the rankings in the offseason. It it you know the, people get that sour taste in their mouth, especially the more casual players. I mean, he was the wide receiver twenty six this year wide receiver 32 in fantasy points per game. However, he was the wide receiver six in expected fantasy points per game. That's like a seven point difference. Like that's an extra touchdown catch that he should have had because his catchable target rate was terrible. It was number six amongst wide receivers. His unrealized air yards, number four, air yards, top 10, target share, number seven, routes run, number one amongst wide receivers in routes one in routes run. Um, so yeah, he's a total stud number eight amongst wide receivers in total route wins. I just want to see him with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think we're going to get that next year, assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't crumble and fall apart. Um, but regardless, I, the quarterback situation cannot get much worse than it was last year. And I, I think it's going to be wise to buy the dip on Garrett Wilson. Tell me why why he's 25 for you. Yeah, again, we, we can pretty much just label this episode like where the difference between our rankings just with, with how we value quarterbacks in, in Superflex and how we place that evaluation. Because, again, like in a positional basis, we have Garrett Wilson at the same point of our wide receiver rankings. So uh, I, I didn't disagree with anything you said about Garrett Wilson. I think something that kind of tears him down underneath the, the receivers that are above him is the fact that there's a strong possibility that Devontae Adams comes into town for the next one to two seasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so they were that, talking about that last year. That's I didn't, I didn't think about that to be honest with you. That's a good that, point. Do you see he changed his number? Who Devontae Adams? No, Garrett Wilson. He's not going to be 17 anymore. Oh, he, what did he change his number to? Or does Five. it even, does it matter? So, oh, so you're saying he cleared out to number 17 already. What's Devonte? Oh, I'd have. I, he's a free agent, I think. He's a free agent. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. Oh my god, that's that's probably going to happen then. That's a good point. I didn't think about that, but it's pure speculation at this point. But we'll yeah, see. I, oh, it's obviously pure speculation, and it's not like yeah. there's just there's the possibility, right? Because yeah, they and, were and talking so, about that last year, how that made sense last year, and then Rogers got hurt and. I think yeah. it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Uh, Devontae clearly doesn't. I, I, while he talked highly of Antonio Pierce, I don't think he necessarily wants to be in Vegas. He wants to try and win. Uh, he knows what this Jets team can do. And, you know, Rodgers already kind of cleared cap space to to get ahead of that. You know, Garrett Wilson's changing his number. It makes all the sense in the world. If he is a free agent. Um, okay. So uh, Jay's in the chat. Shout out to our great producer, Jay. Um, since he do doesn't think he's a free agent. So I might've been wrong there, but okay. 
Regardless, uh, Brock is is a guy who's highly efficient in an incredible offense that has weapons that are still built for the next two to three seasons. So uh, I I I trust in a guy like Brock Purdy to be if they if the people want to keep undervaluing him, that's gonna be fine. And I'm gonna keep rolling him out of my QB two and Superflex. And because right now I'm in a super flex league where I'm kind of rebuilding. I've just kind of put the pieces together and I'm rocking eight or uh, sorry, Jalen hurts and Brock Purdy at my, at my QB one and super flex every week. And that's an incredible time. Let me tell you, if you haven't tried it, if you haven't tried pairing a tier one quarterback with Brock Purdy in your super flex, it's pretty fun. And uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I'm a fan now of Brock Purdy. I, I've completely flipped the script. Uh, I have changed my priors, uh, or my priors have not been confirmed. I've changed my opinions. I think Brock Purdy deserves to be a top 15 asset in Superflex dynasty leagues right now. Uh, especially with the season that he's, he's put up. I know we don't try to apply efficiencies season over season because things happen and, and efficiency is not very sticky, but I certainly love the situation that he's going to continue to be in. And that's why I have Christian McCaffrey in my top 25. He is a certified top 25 asset until he isn't. Uh, he's just one of those guys like Derek Henry, you know, is a little bit different because he never caught passes. He was always in between the tackles bruiser taking a lot of hits. Christian McCaffrey is a cheat code guy who you essentially just want on your team until he breaks because until he breaks, he's going to be a league winning asset. So uh, I think McCaffrey deserves to be in the top 25 as well. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you said. If we were in a league together, Matt, you like the, the second round comes around, maybe we're at the back half of of the second or of the first round. So we have an early pick in the second round. I, I don't know for sure, but I would like this just kind of player I am. I'd be like, I think we can get him in the third or I think maybe we could trade up because I think like, I, I don't know, like I think, with Purdy, Brock, I think so. I think Brock, you can. Yeah, Purdy's one of those players that it just kind of depends on what league you're in to 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 see like what his value is. Because you look at the numbers, like just the raw numbers. I mean, he's quarterback six, quarterback six in fantasy points per game. I mean, he they're low in attempts, but number twenty in attempts, but they're good attempts. Like he's number one in yards per attempt, and he's got all those weapons. He's got like McCaffrey. He's number one in deep ball percentage, completion percentage. Like he's he's a good quarterback. Like he, I know he has all these weapons, and I know it's it's hard for me to say, oh, what would it look like without those weapons? Well, it probably wouldn't be as good because quarterbacks that don't have weapons aren't as good. Like just ask Patrick Patrick Mahomes this year. I mean, how how's he right. feeling? You know, so like it's not his. It's kind of like if you were born with wealth. It's like, uh, do I have to like? I don't know, like defend myself from the, this great situation I was born into. Like, do I have to apologize for it at every turn? Like, you know, like does Brock Purdy have to apologize for Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle and, and no. Brandon Ayuk? No. no, he's making the most out of the situation. And I know he's had a few stinkers. Everybody has bad games. Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't make it work. Trey Lance couldn't make it work. Brock Purdy's making it work. And they're a super. They're the favorite to win the Super Bowl, I think, or the top, one of the top two, certainly. So yeah, I I love Brock Purdy. I'm surprised you have him higher than me. Um, but maybe it's just a reflection of how I feel about uh, the quarterback position as a whole. I'm a little bit lower yeah. on it than you are. I think. Yeah, I think I have Purdy over Caleb. 
uh, I think other than that, I think our QB rankings are pretty close and we flip Purdy and Caleb essentially. So we're again, it's, it kind of all just comes down to, to how we value the quarterbacks as compared to the other positions. But uh, quickly before we kind of close it out, I know we've gone, gone a little over here, like we always do, but talk to me about uh, Waddle and Olava in your top 25. Waddle, I think, is really good, a really good situationally um, in the long term because we know la- tom- or tomorrow, uh, <laughs> like next season, or at least he said, Tyreek Hill said it's his last year next year, or, you know. So and that tells me that Jalen Waddle is going to have a role in an offense with, I assume, a coach that's going to be there for a long time. I know he had a bad year this year. He's the wide receiver 34, but he was better in fantasy points per game, wide receiver 21 in fantasy points per game. He still had over 100 targets. He's in an offense that's dynamic. His yards after the catch, top 12 in in all of fantasy football. Yards per route run, top 10 amongst wide receivers. He gets separation. He's number 13 in target separation while having the yards per route run, which is a combination that I absolutely love. Uh, when I when I look at the metrics and I think when I watch him on tape I think he's a solid player um, that's battled through some injuries this year Um, so that's why I I think Jalen Waddle's really really solid and I think his future outlook in that offense is is really good assuming two is the quarterback there which I think he probably will be Mm -hmm. unless they come up with a better solution Um, and I think he's gonna after 2024 I think he's gonna be the wide receiver one in Miami. And I think he's going to do really well in that role. Yeah. Color, color me impressed with that one. Um, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to have to, but I haven't gone really past 25 yet, but Waddle's going to have to be up there. Now I'm looking at his player profiler page and well, I think Waddle's a guy who you, you wouldn't have to draft at 22. I think he's going to be like a third round. Like I, I think I probably am higher than consensus because like I said, I mean, he probably, he he disappo- if you had Jalen Model this year, he likely didn't return the value on on his draft capital, both in redraft and dynasty if you did a dynasty startup. But he I mean, in I guess in week 15 he had he's wide receiver two on the week, but there's a lot of like wide receiver 40, wide receiver 30, wide receiver 27, and not a lot of flashes. But there were some, but not what we're accustomed to from him. Uh another another thing that really sticks out, and I know that you have now that you have Sam Laporta uh, at 24, and I don't know whether we should close talking about Sam Laporta at 24, the fact that neither of us have Puka Nakua. I, yeah. Um, I just think Sam Laporta is a locked and loaded, sure thing at the tight end position. Like, if you draft Sam Laporta, you don't have to worry about tight end, probably for the duration of your dynasty. You know, yeah. dynasty. Like, he's 23 years old. He's the tight end one in his rookie year. I I'd have to check when was the last time a tight end was the tight end one overall in their rookie season. Did it, has it ever happened? I, I honestly don't know. I really don't think it has uh, just off the top of my head though. And he's in a perfect offense um, with, with golf indoors with, with that offensive line. And I think that's going to likely continue into the, at least the next two, three years, but we know what kind of talent, Sam Laporta is. And I think he's going to be a top five, probably a top three tight end in fantasy football. It's funny. We were, we were going into the season talking about, Oh, if you don't get 
Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews just wait on tight end and then you waited on tight end and you took Sam Laporta in your redraft league or your, or your dynasty league and now you have a top three tight end you know like for the duration yeah. you know what I mean like you have Kelsey you have Andrews and you were able to wait so if you drafted Sam Laporta you absolutely hit a home run yeah I don't think you I I, I think you're taking Laporta early if you're taking them at 24 in a non-tight end premium league but like you said you know the positional advantage could potentially be worth it depending on kind of where he's going right now which i'm trying to go through the player profiler uh full dynasty superflex rankings to kind of get a gauge of that he said 36 so if you're taking him essentially around ahead of adp uh, maybe you traded back up into that round. There's, like I said, there's a million combinations for these things. So, you know, I can, I can get behind it. Yeah. And uh, by the way, you should be subscribed to our player profiler dynasty rankings powered by Theo Greminger, Dario Ofstein, Billy Muzio, and many, many others that work really hard on those. So uh, be tapped, uh, go, go subscribe to the dynasty deluxe pa- package. I think gets you access to that um, as a little plug there. Cause Matt's referencing that and, you know, we use those rankings to help us with ours. And anyway, it's a great service. So go check it out. Absolutely. So anyway, how do you want to end the show? Do you have a, a bold prediction or, or or like a guy that you're truthering for in 2024 as we're very far away from the next fantasy season? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I could say it's CJ Stroud after what we've already, yeah. what we've already talked about, but, uh, Brees Hall is RB one and he's Mm going to, he's RB one. That's, that's my take. That's my, that's my take that I want to, I want to end with Brees Hall RB one. Uh, I, I said it, said it long ago that that he was a guy you were going to want to chase in your redraft leagues. Um, and what he would have done with Aaron Rodgers and a competent offense is just disgusting. And we're going to get to see it next year. And I'm excited. Yeah, I officially have to admit defeat. Maybe this is a good way to end the program on our Jameer Gibbs, D- David Montgomery bet. Uh, Jameer Gibbs finished the year as the RB10. Yeah, I don't know R- why I didn't talk about that. Yeah, RB8 in fantasy points per game. Jameer, or David Montgomery, uh, despite missing multiple weeks with injury, I think three weeks he missed with injury, still the RB17 and the RB15 in fantasy points per game. But... I think the the point we're missing here is you got way more value waiting for David Montgomery in the seventh or eighth round than you did with Jameer Gibbs. But that wasn't make a bet on value. That that wasn't the bet. You're right. So I lose. Matt wins. He can. He can. uh, I'll give. I'll give it to you as a reward. And maybe this isn't the complete reward. You can have the last say here on the show. I'm not going to say anything else. Matt Babich. You close the show. You press the button. This is it. Oh, this is my little, uh, yeah. this is my little FaceTime. Like I just went around the horn. Exactly. Classic. Exactly. I always wanted to yeah. win that show. Have a little FaceTime. So I'm going to take this time to to thank everyone for tuning into the podcast. Uh, you know, you can catch us next Wednesday. We're going to continue our every other Wednesday, every other Wednesday cadence, uh, and then trade gods. Also, you know, so this channel is going to be live on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central. So you should be tuning in. Uh, As always, thank you to Jay, our wonderful producer, and everyone in the comments. For for myself, for Seth Dewald, no one cares about Aaron Rodgers. And good night.